been the Animated Series Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Gene. No! An X-Men the Animated Series Podcast. I am your first co-host, Sarah Misak. I'm your second co-host, Drew Kunis. And I am your third co-host, Sonia Nam. Yay! Welcome back, Drew and Sonia. And I just want to say, Drew, that if I ever... If the, I'm ever involved with a game show, I want you to be on the mic. It's going to be <laughs> Also, Sonia, I want you to be a contestant because I feel like you as a contestant on a game show, like you'll give the people what they want. <laughs> oh, yeah. We are deep into actually one episode away from the finale of season four. We're at episode 20, which is Beyond Good and Evil Part 3. So many numbers. So we're three-fourths of the way, or rather we're halfway as we hit this third episode. Uh, we are in episode three of four of Beyond Good and Evil. For anybody who doesn't know, this was originally supposed to be the end of X-Men the Animated Series. The writers had all sorts of plans about it, and then they got renewed for 10 episodes for season five. So the result is this kind of kitchen sink episode that has all the, the ingredients of a series finale, uh, but it's going to end a little differently. So we're heading towards that ending in Oh my God, so much has happened already. So, uh, and they're not going to stop now. Why stop now? So let's let's get into it, shall we? Absolutely. I, I'd like to start off by just saying um, something that we can all keep in mind, which is I think that you can gauge the power level of mutants in a number of different ways, right? Mm. Okay, I do think that we can also measure whether a mutant is more or less powerful than uh, at defending than a broken elevator. Say that again. I think I just while going through the episode, I think that we can compare whether a mutant is doing a better job of defending than a broken elevator would. Are they higher or lower in power than a broken elevator? It seems like there are a lot. We'll get into it, but it seems okay. like there are a lot of. <laughs> I can't wait. I feel like you've given this some thought. This is a metric I have not considered before. I'm ready for it. <laughs> Okay, so we uh, jump into previously on X-Men, and thank goodness, because so much has happened in the first two episodes. So the things we learn. Jean, uh, we see Jean in her wedding dress, first thing getting sucked into some sort of portal. Sinister said she's just another broken blossom floating in the winds of time. She is being held prisoner in a tube as Drew noted in the last episode, at a 15-degree slant at the axis of time, she is sad. Apocalypse has kidnapped the Shi'ar Imperial Guards person Oracle. He is on the hunt for more telepaths. The X-Men are on to him. Their plan is to use Cerebro to track down other telepaths so they can get there before Apocalypse snatches them. Next up was Psylocke. We saw that in the last episode. Mystique and Sabretooth are there. They try and get her for Apocalypse, but they fail. However, Magneto succeeds. And he's in league with Apocalypse because Apocalypse tells Magneto that he will resurrect his uh, dead wife, Magda. Uh, we've, Wolverine takes Sabretooth prisoner. That's going to have some sort of satisfying results this episode. Professor X is Apocalypse's final prize among the telepaths. Meanwhile, Cable and uh, flat-topped son, Tyler, uh, <laughs> blonde flat-topped son, Tyler, have stolen the last time, or are in the process of stealing the last time travel device in 3999. They want to use it to go back in time 
to destroy Apocalypse's resurrection chamber in his pyramid before it is created. And as uh, Cable tells Tyler regarding the time travel device, we're going to borrow it. Oh, man. Dun, dun, dun. And just like in the last episode, we have so many scenes, so many places, so many mutants. Let's do it. So, yeah, I'd like to start with a tangent. (laughs) (laughs) Great, Drew. Go ahead. (laughs) So these names, right? Cable. Tyler is Cable's son, right? Mm -hmm. Is that like, is that like, all right, so they're like 2,000 years in the future, right? Mm -hmm. Is that like naming your kid Axel today. It's like, I'm going to name him Cable from the past. And then secondarily, it's kind of weird that Tyler is a name that survived the filter of time. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. uh, One of our co-hosts, Aaron Gold has a good rant on Tyler being a name that survives till 3999. Now Cable isn't his actual name. So, and he's a name. So his, his real name is Nathan Christopher Dayspring Summers and Cable is his code name. And I presume he's named Cable because he's a connection between the past and the future, but that's sort of getting into the writer's minds. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Got it. Okay, very good. Thank you. Tangent completed. Excellent. Thank you. Hey, let's get into this episode. Sure. At the axis of time. Bishop's Bishop's still at the axis of time. He's just walking around on the Rainbow Road. Is it Bifrost? Hard to say. And and Bender, who is like the keeper of the axis or Drew during COVID. We talked about that last episode. (laughs) Is just being... Being a nut. And I love that Bishop says two things. He says, not again, when Bender enters. And then he says, look, clown, I've had a long day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's like, he's not having it. Also, I feel like there's like no distractions there. Where do they eat? Where do they poop? Where do people poop in the axis of time? Sorry. I think it's suppressed. I don't think... (laughs) I don't think evacuation is necessary in the axis of time. That's my theory. I have no basis for that. None whatsoever. I I, I can support it. In the tubes that they have, there's no Mm. toilet uh, capabilities, it seems. No. No, not at all. So a big wave of light goes through Bishop. And we can see on one of the big screen things at the axis of time that Apocalypse is doing something with computers and Cable and Tyler are scaling a cliff. And then we get that weird transition where Bender's like, let's watch them. (laughs) And then then it like goes into Cable and Tyler. They're using their cool future tech to locate the time machine device at this like cloaked facility where like only a piece of it is visible. But at any, like, because it goes around in like a circular like, it's pretty cool. Yeah, what's yeah. it? What's that called? Like, um, like security scan. It's yeah, like a piece of it is always is it. We only see a piece of it exposed as it, as it goes around. So, uh, Tyler, we talked about last episode is like he is so beefed up. He is such a man, but he's like ready, Dad. And he and, so, and Cable <laughs> says, "Yeah, kid, start the ball." And, um, yeah, so we find out Cable's going in. He's going to break into this facility and get the time travel device. And Tyler's staying out because he has to carry on the fight if Cable dies. And I also just wanted to bring up, Drew, I'm guessing you clacked this because you you are a man with attention to, to stylized detail. Did you notice those eyebrows on Tyler? 
Yeah, they were really intense. Really intense. And they had like their own little curls. Oh, man, it was <laughs> it was specific. Someone made a choice there. Yeah. The the way they draw eyebrows in this episode or in the show, sometimes their eyebrows are like a part of their eye. It's like they're not mm. like separate, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I noticed that they changed the style from Wolverine in this season um, to be separated eyebrows. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I thought it, he looked much better, much more human, I might say. Oh, there you go. There you go. Good job, guys. Well, I know they did get a little bit more money for animation in season three. So I feel that they may, may have carried over into these episodes again, especially if they were supposed to be the, the finales. So we would you like it- the uh, would you like the eyebrow eye combo or would you like um, separate <laughs> eyebrow and eyes? <laughs> you decide. You decide whatever you think. Whatever yeah, yeah, spring think. for the deluxe if you want. Yeah. Do you, okay. What do you recommend? Uh, so inside of this facility, somehow their buddies in the clan chosen are already in there. I've forgotten a number, forgotten a number of their names. My favorite one is the guy who's like Colossus on the sides. Like it's like, you know, he's he's just got Colossus on the sides, and in the middle, he's he's a normal, a normal fleshy dude. Are it, you talking about the guy who had he had like an exposed chest and yeah. then like sleeve? Yeah. That was a crazy outfit. Right? Yeah. I think it's yeah. it's him though. Like I don't think those sleeves are this not like an outfit. I think that's that's him. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And uh, let's see. So uh, Cable tells Tyler he's trying to break in, but the dome is still up. And Tyler sounds like a real bro when he says they've run into heavy resistance. <laughs> like It's like, kid, I think you're way older than you think you are. Like, I wonder if Cable's like, hey, you're 16 and he's really like 24 or something like that. <laughs> Cable engages the outside robots, but one of them hits him and he's all like electrocuted and it brings him to his knees. And Cable tells Tyler that the power station must be destroyed. It's the only chance we have. But uh oh, there's a big person robot behind Tyler with a gun. Commercial. <sighs> Such a cliffhanger. Any any additional thoughts, friends? I would just like to note that in a sequence, we should assess whether the defending robot w- does a better job at keeping Tyler and Cable out than a broken elevator. <laughs> Let's get back to it. We come <laughs> back directly to the scene after the commercial. I don't know if Tyler is supposed to have powers, but we see the reflection in his eyes of the robot. And he quickly does some very cool evasive somersaults. He also gets some good shots off and destroys the robot, but there's another one immediately. So I would say that that robot was not as effective as a broken elevator drew do you concur or i concur yeah totally this robot is sub the power level of a broken elevator great okay (laughs) so cable's still immobilized and he helplessly watches the fight until he's suddenly not helpless (laughs) and starts climbing the cliff towards his son meanwhile inside sides colossus uses time charges to get the shield down uh, Tyler tumbles off the cliff, but he's okay. Cable yells, I'll be back for you, which probably means he won't. Mm, mm. That's a really good point. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. Then we get more robots, more acrobatics. Very cool. Cable uses his bionic arm to interface with the door and close it. And then he's like in a time machine room. He descends to a sub-basement. On a working elevator. On a working, not a broken elevator. Working elevator. Think and, about yeah, this whole true. episode could have been different if only he couldn't get down there. It That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> And he says, Gray Malkin, I hope they kept your battery charged. So I got excited when I heard that. If you are an X-Men fan, you know that Gray Malkin uh, was, first of all, it's named for the street where the Xavier Institute for Gifted Youngsters is located in Westchester. And it was Cable's first orbital space station. So it's a former base of his. Later, when he brings it back to present time, he abandons it. Magneto picks up the abandoned Gray Malkin station, combines it with pieces of asteroid M to make the Avalon space station. It has since been destroyed. But anyway, Gray Malkin is a thing, and it's nice to see it for the first time here. Yeah, it looks like kind of like a robot crab, but like if like the top of the crab was like a contact lens shaped snow globe. Yes. Nailed it. Nailed it, Drew. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. And then Cable has to go all these places in the sub-basement. He has to take a monorail that has some like very cool hand controls, and then he has to go into a yeah. sub-basement. I don't know. It's very complicated, but I like there, it. There was definitely a trolley that was like a public transportation trolley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was like, oh, perfect. I'll take that. <laughs> And finally, he gets to the Gray Malkin command room and he launches the station into time. We see the years running down and all sorts of cool colors are around the ship. But then we see a big message, guidance failure, because Apocalypse knows what's up. And he says from his axis of time, but first you have a service to perform. So Gray Malkin lands in the now, in the 90s at the Xavier School. Cool, cool. Now... Was that when he was saying you have a service to perform? Was he saying was that audible by cable, or was that just him muttering to himself sinisterly? Yeah, it was like a loud mutter. Like, I think if anyone was in the room in the axis of time with him, they would have heard it, but I do not okay. believe cable heard it. Sony, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't think he was saying it out loud. He was just okay, okay, got it. So Cable lands in the 90s. One of my favorite lines in the episode is him asking, what am I doing here? (laughs) (laughs) And the X-Men are like, hey, there's this thing with psychics and whatever. And he says, I don't care about missing psychics and time jolts. I came after Apocalypse. And the professor is like real diplomatic. He's like, my guess is that our interests coincide. And Cable says, you're boring me. Boring me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> like this, this, this guy does not have time for even the smallest amount of bullshit. And to be honest, it seemed like the X-Men were like kind of getting the hang of things pretty quickly there. Um but then Beast of course comes out of nowhere, right? And is like he has like a cockamamie theory which obviously is correct, but it also doesn't make any sense and he's like, "Yeah, it's conceivable that a force traveling through time creates a backwash, a mm-hmm. kind of wake that disrupts the path of normal time travelers." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Wait, what's a normal time traveler?" And my question was, "Where is he getting this data? Like, where <laughs> is this data set that he's analyzing? Where is it coming from?" Well, oh, maybe, yeah. well, he's with Shard though, right? So maybe it's in Shard's like device 
I don't know. I'm trying to help him out. But to your point, Drew, that was a whole bunch of MacGuffin. And we're all like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, what do you- Silver Surfers, too. I was just like, Mm-hmm. What is he doing? <laughs> what is he doing in this episode? I'm like, yeah, Silver Surfer. What are you? Nice to see you, man. Nice to see you. <laughs> so, meanwhile, elsewhere in the mansion, Cyclops and Archangel are like going to interrogate Sabretooth. Cyclops says, "You're too stupid to plan this on your own." And Sabretooth says, "Suck rocks, pretty boy." <laughs> so we're getting some good yep. pissing from everybody and then uh wolverine comes in and is like the professor wants you in the war room but really i think it's wolverine who wants them in the war room uh because he says okay hairball let's talk and he takes Sabretooth's restraints off he hits the door button and the fight is on i loved it i wonder how big that room was though it felt like it was a small room <laughs> it looked like a small room yeah it was definitely close quarters combat no doubt yeah, it was really a very risky thing that he did by not closing the door first. I was like, that's, I feel like he didn't go to his um, mandatory annual safety training. Mm. <laughs> yep. OSHA violation. Get on Wolverine. Yeah. So in the war room, everyone except Wolverine are getting briefed by Cable about the Lazarus Chamber and his Egyptian pyramid. For anybody who doesn't know, Apocalypse is Egyptian. Uh, he was uh, enslaved and then he was the first mutant also. So anyway. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there you go. So uh, Cable's like, I'm going back to when the pyramid was first built to destroy it then. And Angel Archangel is like, let's do it. And uh, Cyclops goes, wait a minute. What about Sinister and the missing psychics? And then Cable and Cyclops face off, which always gives me feels. I see Sonya nodding because they are father and son and they don't know. Wait, which two are father and son? Cable and Cyclops. Cyclops is Cable's father. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I know when we, I, I don't think the animated series ever deals with that, but we all, we all secretly know. Uh, then Wolverine enters with a thoroughly beaten Sabretooth. Wolverine reveals that Sabretooth uh, and everyone are pretty much working for Apocalypse. Professor X says, what else did he say? The pieces of the puzzle don't fit. And then, which made me realize that like Professor X totally condones Wolverine's methods. Ah, uh, oh, wait, right? that's a really, really good point. Yes. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, he's like, why, um, I couldn't possibly harmlessly look into his mind. We'll we'll have to do violence. It's the only ethical thing, right? Because <laughs> then Professor X obviously wants to know why his BFF slash love Magneto is involved, and Wolverine's like, you can find out. And he, the professor's like, he does. I don't go into people's minds without their consent. And Cable says, you get it out of him, or I will. And Professor X is like, very well, because he wants to, and it doesn't take that long to get him to do it. <laughs> and so everybody's on the same page. If we take out Apocalypse's life support system at the beginning of the pyramid, then none of this will ever take place. Cyclops orders Shard, Rogue, and Jubilee to stay put. Shard does not like it, but she is their last time traveling hope, so they gotta they gotta keep her. That was smart. I thought that was a really smart move. It actually I, I was. Approved. They don't they don't make a lot of smart tactical moves, and that was, that was one. Even though I didn't like that, it's like ladies, you stay behind. Minus Storm, we want Storm. <laughs> but the rest of the yeah. ladies. I thought it was interesting. They were like, and we're going to bring Xavier. 
Yeah, unusual, unusual yeah. for as as they would on Star Trek, unusual for the captain to be on the away team mission. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and like I mean, he is he is powerful. Like he is useful when he decides to not be all like vegetarian about his mind powers. You know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> now Archangel also wants to come, but Professor X is like, "There's no room on this mission for revenge." Forget about the fact that Cyclops is like super revengey right now. <laughs> But, yeah. uh, but uh, Wolverine calls him out. He's like, I don't know. Revenge can sure help you focus. And uh, Archangel says, I'm not into revenge anymore. So they let him come. On a scale from zero to 10, how much did that line, revenge can sure help you focus, resonate with you personally? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that wrong. Yeah, I, if I revenge, I'm, I, I love it. <laughs> you love revenge? I love revenge. I mostly love thinking about it mm. and I rarely end up doing it, but I love thinking about it. Oh yeah. No. And a, re- a revenge fantasy can, can definitely be a, a nice entertainment <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so everybody gets on gray Malkin. They launch apocalypse watches it from the axis of time. We get this like micro scene where mystique says you summoned me. And he says, the end game has begun. All right, that'll come into play later. So Grey Milken has a bumpy ride through time. Oh my gosh, so many colors. The colorists are like, yeah, like just throw everything. Reverse, do the reverse negative thing. It's going to be great. Oh yeah, reverse negative. (laughs) (laughs) Loved it. Bishop keeps walking at the axis of time and Gray Malkin like buzzes him as it goes through. And he says, billions of miles of space and people still can't drive. And it's like, Bishop, are you sure you don't have kids? Because that is a dad line. <laughs> like, that <laughs> is a big dad line. Yeah. Also, I'm I'm surprised that he was like annoyed that he got hit and not like, help! Or like, oh my god, another person. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's a really fair point. If I was, you know, stranded at the axis of time with no one but Bender for company, I oh too God. would be excited by the appearance of a vehicle. So, oh well. So they arrive at uh, 1200 BC. We get a moment uh, with Storm. And actually, I thought this was great. They actually remind us that she spent time as a young person in Cairo and that oh. she still loves the land out there. So cool. I have some facts about the setting that, uh, of yeah, 12, bring it. 1200 BC. Okay. Yeah. So first of all, although I think this is not super relevant because they're there for the pyramids, which were there in 1200 BC, but um, the city of Cairo, it was founded in like, you know, 600 AD. So a lot later, there, there technically wasn't a Cairo there, although I'm sure there was something right nearby. Um, my boyfriend was furious about this, and he made me promise that I would mention it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there was something, uh, this is 100 years before the alphabet was invented by the Phoenicians. Mm. Um, which, by the way, is that what people from Phoenix are called? Are they called the Phoenicians? It sounds right. Mm. Yeah. Well, they're from Phoenicia, right? Yeah. Wait, no, no people from Phoenix, Arizona. Are they oh, called right. Phoenicians? Oh. I don't, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to look it up right now. So what do people from the Phoenix area call themselves? Phoenicians, Phoenixite, Phoenixonians, Phoenixer? Or what, does one just say, I live in Phoenix? Okay, wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this and see what the responses are. Phoenicians, seriously? It's what I always called them. 
Okay. Uh, oh yeah, he's a hundred percent correct. Um, I was a Phoenician, and I did not mind when I okay. Phoenixonian. I'm probably considered a Phoenixonian. Oh yeah, apparently desert rats. Okay, no, but Phoenician is not out of the bounds of possibility. Wow, too. I like oh. it. Very cool. Very. All right. And then um, the last thing is that right after this period, um, there was this real, actually like genuinely super mysterious thing called the late bronze age, bronze age collapse, where like all of these empires just kind of like collapsed. People still aren't sure exactly what caused it. They think it was like a combination of like an extremely interconnected globalized economy um, and like one link in the chain breaking. And then also some sea people coming in and like invading and messing stuff up. Or it could be the X-Men. Sea people? Yeah, no one knows where they're from. Atlantis. From, Atlantis. <gasps> I hope so. So we're seeing the X Men. I like to think it's the X Men that are starting the late Bronze Age collapse. Yeah, they, they are a hundred percent precipitating that. Uh, yeah. So and then so we, they arrive during the day, but like real quick, it's night, and the light on the pyramid makes it look a lot like the Luxor Hotel and Casino in Vegas. I for love anybody that who's... hotel. I know oh, it's a good my... one. Gosh, it reminded me of like the cave from Aladdin with the giant um, tiger head on top of it because oh, it does have right. a, it does have a giant um, a, a paralypse on the top of it. It does have uh, a giant paralypse. Yep. <laughs> good call. Good call. Uh, Professor X asks Storm for a diversion, so she makes a stand uh, sandstorm, and Cyclops, unbeknownst to him, is trying to connect with his long lost son, Cable. He says, "I'm sorry about your son. I know what it's like uh, to lose someone you love." And as you said earlier, Drew, Cable does not bullshit. He says, "I haven't lost him yet." Uh, so, <laughs> oh man, so so loaded, especially because, like in the comics, Cyclops gave up Baby Cable because he was infected by a techno-organic virus. So he gave him up to a lady from the future who would be his someday sister. And yeah, it's tough when you actually like give up someone you love for like their betterment. Oh, oh wow. I know. So dramatic. So dramatic. And then we get a weird philosophical discussion, which I didn't expect. Did you all oh my God. that with the one, Beast? The one from Beast? Yes. Oh my God. I hated it. I loved it. <laughs> tell, tell me more. Tell me more. Well, okay, so it's like Beast, he makes this analogy to like, uh, first off, it's it's unclear why he's saying this at all, right? But he says something like, <laughs> Why are you talking? Um, <laughs> if Apocalypse is in fact the personification of evil, it may be impossible to destroy him. And then Cable goes, why? Or someone goes, why? <laughs> and then he goes, the conflict between good and evil is a part of the fabric of existence. And then like a mystical flute starts playing in the background. <laughs> And then he goes, perhaps the world cannot exist without evil. If apocalypse is destroyed, evil may only uh, may only take on another form. So, okay, like, there's only one thing that I think that he could be talking about there, which is a free market economy. I do feel like that <laughs> shares like like it can't really be destroyed. It like it shares some it shares some things in common with evil, but like it's like a necessary part of the world. Like it, it reminded me of that, right? But like, definitely not like. But then I was thinking about it more and I was like, actually, is he right? Because they are trapped in a world that is written by writers who need enemies, right? Mm -hmm. And he may have just keyed on to something that is like a scientific truth of his world in a way that it isn't a scientific truth of our world. Yep. I think that that's possible. I think the way I sort of took it was like, you know, when like, I guess I'll use like, I mean, I'll use the most extreme, like, 
semi-recent history example right like nazis where it's like the nazis are gone now you know and it's like yeah technically but a lot of those people like went into other places and like those sorts of beliefs like found other like places and groups in which to live so i sort of i guess i sort of saw it that way not so much as like an evil thing but this idea that like oh we totally eradicated x y and z it's like no it just kind of went underground and did this other thing mm. that makes sense. i've often thought that people should weaponize gayness more and what i mean by that is like so like oh like start a thing like it's gay to not get a covid vaccine like you know what i mean and i feel like it'd be so effective on like a specific set of the population you know what i mean you know you you may be right you may be right uh yeah don't we let's not start it's gay to be a nazi but like i think it would work But note that after this philosophical discussion, Cable still doesn't give a shit. And he says, I'll worry about that later. <laughs> like, <it's just> like, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Beast. Thanks for sharing. Oh so Cable walks dramatically out into the desert, followed by the X-Men, X-Men. And like, I was really pleased that like Beast got to do something. He used his big mutant strength to wrench open an entrance on the pyramid. And out come the ancient four horsemen fight 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 and even though they're uh ancient they still have robo horses yeah it was like this was a pretty cool fight scene and it was cool seeing old archangel and new archangel yep yeah yeah death Uh, death v death right oh yeah is archangel oh my gosh i didn't even put that together like the arc like the archangel or angel of death like yeah is that yeah, so the four horsemen are war, pestilence, famine, and death. And Archangel was death. Uh, so, yeah. If you had to choose one as your name, your legal Christian name, what would you pick? Okay, I have two different answers. Okay, what's the first one? Okay, the first one is famine. I is famine because I think like it does sound like a name. Pestilence sounds like a name too, but it also sounds kind of like pustule. So I would probably yeah. go with famine. But I also sort of like war because I feel like people would just be like, "Oh, that's short for something." Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like Warren. Yeah, Warren. Warramina. I don't know. I would like yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, is that short for something? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Sonia? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think death. It just invokes fear. It know? does invoke fear. Does death Nam. Like, yay, my death. Yeah. What? Yes, death. I did meet a very tiny toddler girl named Dragon once. That's adorable. It was real cute. It was It was real cute. Her name was uh, Dragon? Her name was Dragon. Oh, that she is was so super cute. tiny and pudgy. Uh, yeah and so yes we get uh death v death and i love uh archangel's line there's no use fighting me i had your job once that was a good line yeah that was a very good line so professor x cable wolverine and beast head into the pyramid to complete the mission and hey did anyone remember that gambit was also there he like (laughs) threw some cards and it was like oh hey look at you i actually wondered if gambit invented playing cards I want like, that to be he, true. He like left some of the cards and then th- that's what I, I wanted. I want that to be true as well. Love it. Uh, inside the pyramid, Cable gets all arrogant. Like I know where all the booby traps are, but clearly he doesn't. Doesn't. And then yeah. the. Oh, I smell young sap. 
it's not your sound or something. Yeah. I yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, they're they're like wandering around, they're like exploring all the levels of this pyramid. Um the four horsemen are not being effective. The and you know what I do think would be effective here is a broken elevator. <laughs> so you think the the four horsemen are less effective than a broken elevator? That's that's what I think is true. Do you do you agree with that? I mean maybe because they do put up a fight right i think i think where they're more effective where a broken elevator would be less effective is they were outside and then immediately they're like oh you're inside now we're inside but i do think that like the elevator wouldn't be able to do that but in terms of just being like an annoyance they are like a broken elevator yeah okay okay fair enough okay. i'll be honest i have no opinion on it because i still don't know <laughs> how effective an, a broken elevator would be fight situation well it's like all right in like super mario right there's like a gigantic castle where like bowser lives and like all sorts of like enemies and tricky traps right and it's like if he just like put in a section of wall mario couldn't get there at all you know and i feel like a lot of the x-men it's like they'll be going through this like really complicated thing if there was just a wall instead of a guard then like they'd be they'd be kind of screwed like i don't think any of the x-men here have the ability to overcome a broken elevator to be honest <laughs> they, would, they would be so confused what is this They'd what kind like, what of mutant this? is this <laughs> oh man and then in the next moment the the x-men are inside but cable is injured and he points to the lazarus chamber inside the lazarus chamber which is super cool it's like this big hieroglyphic glowy room at the heart of the pyramid apocalypse is there but then wolverine's is wait I smell two rats in this barn. And one of the rats is Apocalypse, because it's not. (gasps) It's Mystique, and she laughs. And then she says, now, Apocalypse, and there's a blaze of white light. Everyone's unconscious. Cable is still injured, but he, like, stumbles in, and he goes, what happened? Which always reminds me of, uh, did you guys see the movie, A Mighty Wind? I love a mighty wind. It's a Christopher Guest parody of like the '60s folk scene. And uh, rest in peace, Fred Willard uh, was trying to invent a catchphrase, which was "What happened?" (laughs) 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 Never quite catches on, but he uses it enthusiastically. Yeah, the way the way Cable walks into this room and says exactly that is so funny. He's like, "What happened?" (laughs) I was gone for five minutes. And at the axis of time, Mystique also asks, what was that? And Apocalypse says, the most important move of all, the capture of the king, Professor Charles Xavier. And he's in a tube. Oh, man. 75% through beyond good and evil. And all of Apocalypse's pieces are in place. What, how are our heroes going to come out of this one? Friends, I don't know. Sonia does because she's seen the episode already. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> And I had questions, but uh, wow, wowie wow, wowie wow. What what didn't we get to talk about? We we went through this one real quick. There was a lot of oh, action, uh, thoughts, I, questions, I think, concerns. I think they they encountered a, a broken elevator when they went into the Lazarus room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they no, it was it was all an elaborate plan. Uh, the behind the scenes, the scenes that we didn't see. Mystique turned into a broken elevator. 
Right? Well, and it is a broken elevator from elevator a perspective, perspective that, like, it's like I expected to find something there, but it wasn't quite that. Like, it was, but it wasn't. I have a question. How many horsemen uh, regarding this ancient place? It's always supposed to be four, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's from the Bible. Yeah. And how many horsemen have horses? Because it kind of looked like one. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I thought they all I did. Is it only three, one? Three horsemen and one flying person. One horseless. Oh, okay. I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was. It was definitely. It was definitely not one hundred percent attendance on the horses, yeah. and I thought that was odd because they could have. They could have called them really anything else, you know. Um, they could have said the four guards or like the four scary people, and they were like, no, the four horsemen. That's the thing that we want. It is what here. they want. Because it sounds um, so dramatic, right? The four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. Exactly. And um, Wolverine, he stabbed one of the horses. And I it was like, and like blood. I think it was a robotic horse, but real blood came out. And I was like, oh, ooh, ooh, Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. I like that. Maybe it was yeah. oil. It wasn't blood. It was oil. Let's, let's say it was oil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But do you think oil is the blood of robots? <gasps> it's reminding bit. me of this oh you guys have to know about this story about how they built this robot um and uh initially you know it would, it would leak oil and it would, you know initially it was dancing and stuff like that but then after time it kept leaking oil and towards the end all it was doing was trying to keep the oil within itself so that it couldn't die but it eventually died <gasps> oh i know this art piece that it's like an art piece Oh yeah! What a, what a terrible thing I have, I have seen. Oh, that's <laughs> I wish intense. I never saw it, but I did. And I wish I never said anything about it, but I did, because I want everybody to suffer like I did. You won't be alone, Sonia. You will not be alone. Oh, be sad like me and watch this art piece about a robot trying to stay alive. <laughs> oh goodness, yeah. friends. We get through Beyond Good and Evil Part Three. Shall we give out some awards? We'll give out some awards. All right. Who who gets that Oscar? I mean, I have an opinion, but I want to hear your all thoughts. I was just gonna say I would be curious to hear what your opinion is. Oh my! My opinion. Yes. All all both. Okay. Go Sonia. Go Sonia. What what are Uh, you thinking? Um, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna give it to my boy Cable. Yep, that was my choice as well. Yeah. Yeah. He don't take no shit. We oh. like those characters. That's yeah. Um, that's pretty good. But I think that I might give it to um, when Beast was going and giving his monologue. Mm. The one that was like, "If Apocalypse is in fact personification, it may be impossible to destroy him." And it was a whole beautiful monologue. Anyway, I wouldn't give it to him. I'd give it to the person who interrupted in the middle by going, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. And what he was saying was that he thinks that Mystique is an, uh, an MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, very valuable, right? She pretended to be people. She was like, uh, she seemed loyal and effective and didn't ask too many questions. No, I think I thought I was going to say if you're on the bad guy side, Mystique is the MVP. And I think Wolverine is the MVP if you're with the good guys because of his interrogation of Sabretooth. So my MVP definitely is Mystique for sure. Nice. Yeah. 
Nice. And any any favorite lines? I've got uh yes. the, there's no use fighting me. I had your job once. What am so I doing good. here? And look clown, I've had a long day. <laughs> oh, suck rocks, uh, pretty boy. That's oh yeah, one. suck rocks, pretty boy. <laughs> Good choice. Love it. Love it. Oh, um, I think that uh, I had your job once was definitely the line of the episode for me. I love that one. Outstanding. Excellent. Friends, good episode. Thank you for joining Drew and Sonia. So good to have you on the show again. And, you know, as we close out and as we look forward to the conclusion of this season and this episode arc, uh, before we get to that, where can friends find you on the internet if they're looking for you, if they want to be, they want to be super fans? Uh, you can find me at Drew Kunis on Instagram. That's D-R-E-W-K-U-N-A-S. But you have to say it that way when you type it in. <laughs> <laughs> the search engine won't find it otherwise. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, that's bold italics. <laughs> awesome. And Sonia, how about you? Uh, my, You can find me on my Instagram uh, at Sonia Nam. And uh, Drew, I'm going to follow you. And um, I'm going to ask you questions about that broken elevator query that you, you, you've presented to us because it's a yeah, that an, theory. Thank you. That, yeah, that's an analogy that we all loved equally. <laughs> Controversy. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Musecle Theater, M-U-C-E-K. And more importantly, you can follow the podcast. We're at Gene Dish No with four O's on Instagram and Facebook. Friends, thank you for joining us. Let's close up season four next time with Beyond Good and Evil part four. Gene! No! An X-Men The Animated Series podcast. 